College Football Saturday, the weekend is finally here. It's Saturday, September 25th on the PFF Betting Podcast. I am joined once again by my guy, Anthony Trash, and we're going to be giving, finding some winners for this college football slate. I can almost guarantee it at this point in time. Anthony, how are you feeling heading into week four here? I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, the schedule is starting to get a little interesting. I mean, really across the board. Um, I mean, this week there's certainly some intriguing games, but then you look ahead to week five and six, I think we're going to find out about a lot of these college football programs, especially at the top. Right, definitely. I do like that. I do think if there's any you know teams that you're kind of looking at, you can definitely use PFF's NCAA Power Rankings tool to kind of uh, map out or you know find some odds on uh, the best teams and how you want to kind of approach them in the futures market. Make sure you check out that tool. Make sure you check out NCAA Greenline as well. Uh, but we're going to go through, uh, start off with some marquee matchups we haven't been overly impressive uh from a records perspective betting on any of these marquee matchups partly because uh green Knight doesn't often show value on some of these matchups uh but thankfully i don't really think there's all that many uh amazing games to kind of look forward to here in week four so we're only going to touch on a couple i basically have uh four at this point in time notre dame wisconsin texas a&m arkansas tennessee florida NC State Clemson. I think those are probably going to be the ones you want to tune into. Uh, what are you kind of seeing initially in this Notre Dame-Wisconsin matchup, Anthony? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty surprised when I saw the spread, and then I continued to be surprised when it started to keep moving. I mean, it started out five and right. a half in Wisconsin's favor on a neutral field in Soldier Field in Chicago. Now it's six and a half. Um, you know, I think there's definitely some concerns with both of these teams offensively. Um, but, you know, I think they're a little bit more equal than, you know, Wisconsin being six and a half point favorites on a neutral field. Um, you know, with Notre Dame, definitely the offensive line. That's that's the biggest thing a lot of people are talking about. It's not so much the Notre Dame elite standard that it's been in recent years. Um, the receiving unit's been, you know, left a lot to be desired. Um, you know, missing some passes there, dropping some downfield. But, and also Jack Cohn showing his limitations a bit, the deep ball. That was our big concern of ours entering the season as he took over the Irish right. starting job. And it's kind of proving to be the case, you know, very inaccurate there. But at the end of the day, you know, he's they've led, you know, a better, more consistent offense than what we've seen from Graham Mertz at Wisconsin. I mean, what he did week one against Penn State, I mean, it should be very concerning. Um, you know, I would not be willing to lay, you know, six, you know seven points there um, just because he produced a Poor passing grade below 50.04 turnover the plays in Wisconsin's week one loss to Penn State. Um, I, I think I have a little bit more confidence in Notre Dame. And, you know, I, I'm excited to see, you know, how they continue to use the freshman, Tyler Buckner. I, I think he can be right. a difference maker if they get creative with him. You know, it's a big if if they kind of take that next step forward. It's been a little predictable when he's been on the field. A lot of option runs, not so much true drop back passing game. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, Notre Dame's the superior superior talented team i mean really on both sides of the ball right definitely and that matches up with our elo ratings right we do have uh notre dame as a top 10 team number ninth overall wisconsin just outside our top 25 at 27th overall heavy percentage of the cash and tickets have been on notre dame so it is kind of interesting to see that line movement in the badgers direction i do agree with you we don't have a play on it from a green line perspective if you are going to go on one side i do think you should be shopping for some notre dame plus seven if you can find it i think is probably a really good spot but i can definitely see not wanting to lay the points uh, with wisconsin badgers so we will see how it uh we'll see how it works out i do think like you said this is kind of one of those games we're going to learn a lot from both teams and how they're going to actually perform for the rest of the season so i'm excited i think maybe the best game uh, of the entire weekend texas a&m at arkansas it's a game i'm most looking forward to at this point in time i do think texas a&m a is probably going to be able to take care of business how are you kind of evaluating this matchup 
Yeah, this one, this is the other big neutral site game with Notre Dame-Wisconsin. But this one, though, I am not confident either team to really bet on it. Um, you know, you look at both teams, they're both very much flawed um, offensively. Um, you know, I think ultimately this game is going to come down to a fluky turnover, and that's not something I really want to put my money on. Um, Texas A&M defense, definitely one of the best in college football. I mean, they rank first um, in explosive pass play rate allowed by a substantial margin. I think it's around 4% right now. One of the higher graded units they have, you know, defensive, you know, NFL draft prospects across the board. Offensively, though, Zach Calzada, the quarterback, I mean, he has left a lot to be desired out on the field. Um, under pressure, has struggled, looked like an inexperienced passer that he is. Um, and even, too, you look at the defense that they're going up against, Arkansas. I, I think they're going to play him in the same way they kind of played um, Texas and Hudson Card a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, this defense, defense coordinator Barry Odom for Arkansas likes to be versatile, right? They don't like to kind of stick the thing. They like to be multiple. Um, but with Texas, they kind of played like they did every team last year. And that's in a, with a 3-2-6 system there. Um, a lot of time, three high safeties, rushing three, dropping eight, really minimizing those passing lanes. And with Hudson Card, he held onto the ball, um, really struggled to find open receivers, you know, invited in pressure, um, and only can find success on scrambles. Zach Calzada, he likes to hold on the ball too. And I think that's really going to rattle on that type of defense. And I think they're going to play a lot of that. I mean, he's not a mobile quarterback that can really create there. And then you look at Arkansas going up against that Texas A&M defense. I'm not so sure that they can really produce. You know, they've struggled to do that so far. So, you know, I don't think that we're going to see, you know, a very high scoring game. Um, but, you know, either right. way, I, I'm just not confident either team to really put money on them. Yeah, definitely. Texas A&M second overall in the SEC in our defense opponent adjusted grades. Uh, Arkansas 13th of 14 teams, so maybe we see the Texas A&M offense break through just a little bit. The total has moved up from 46.5 up to 47. Greenline does find just a little bit of value on the over still, 1.3% value. Maybe that's a spot that you want to look at, but you know, kind of going based on what Anthony said, we might not see as many points being scored uh, as even the market projects at this point in time. I do think the key is going to be how Isaiah, how Isaiah Spiller and you know, that run unit we have ranked 16th overall in the country, how they face off against Arkansas defense, uh, run defense specifically, which we have as like 107th in the country. I do think if they can win that battle, we could see Texas A&M potentially win by two touchdowns. That's kind of the direction I see this game going, but we will see uh, what happens here on Saturday. Moving on, Tennessee, Florida, another SEC showdown game. Uh, Florida, we have nine points better against the spread based on our ELO projections. How do you see this game kind of playing out? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting because I think, you know, both schools, they do kind of have a little bit of a quarterback controversy. Florida, Emory Jones, yeah. Anthony Richardson, but it's going to be Emory Jones taking the field, taking the first snap. We're going to see mostly Emory out there. With Tennessee, it's Joe Milton versus Hinton Hooker. Um, it, you know, started out to be Joe Milton. Now it's probably going to be Hinton Hooker. Um, but, you know, Hinton Hooker and Emory Jones, they're almost the same mold of quarterback in that, you know, they're you know, not the most accurate passers. Um, you know, they're not perfect in that regard. They can do some fantastic stuff on the ground. You know, some of the most dangerous runners at the position in all of college football. And I think that's going to be really the, the backbone of each offense's success in this game. Um, you know, Hinden Hooker, I, I think the big concern with him is while this Josh Heupel offense at Tennessee is, you know, very quarterback friendly, a lot of easy reads. The decision making still wasn't there when we saw him a little bit last week. He missed some open throws. Um, and also just failed to see defenders when he really should have. They were right there in front of him. With Emory Jones, he has a tendency to lock on his guy. And, and also, too, you pair that with some inaccuracy in general. I mean, it's just really not going to lead an efficient offense. But, but like I said, both those quarterbacks can do a lot of success on the ground. 
So if anything, I'm leaning on the under right here. I think 63 and a half is a little right. bit too much. So I do think we're going to see a very much a ground and pound, you know, offenses from both of these schools. That's the way they're going to find some success and running clock there. Um, and that, that's the way I'm really leaning in this one. Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree with you at that point in time. My only concern, kind of like you said, Emory Jones, Hendon Hooker, some inaccuracy issues don't necessarily take care of the ball all that well. If we get, you know, some sort of defensive touchdown or, you know, a turnover in the wrong side of the field, maybe that helps the over get there. But at that point in time, I think it might be uh, relatively clear that even if we get one or two, one or two of those situations, we still are probably on pace to go under. So I definitely like that under 63 and a half opened up 64 down a half point already. I think it should probably be down, you know, a whole other points so if it gets down to 62 and 62 and a half probably not a justifiable bet uh, but until it gets around that price around that number i do think you can definitely play it to the downside so we will see one last marquee matchup i'm not sure if i'm putting this as a marquee matchup at this point in time but tresh wants it so we will go with an nc state clemson what are you seeing are we going to see some nc state magic here or is clemson going to roll in this matchup this is one of my favorite games of the week. I've been circling this one. Um, I'm pumped for it. Uh, you know, because, you know, Clemson, they're kind of, this could be a nail in the coffin game for them. You know, for 2021 Clemson, not, you know, so much long term. Um, just because you look right. at what they've done through three weeks, offensively, it's been really bad. Um, quarterback DJ Uyunglele, um, I think we all just kind of fell in love with that rocket launcher of an army as. And, you know, I, I was a little concerned with his mechanics that we saw last year. And I was like, that's going to lead to some accuracy issues, but hopefully he can fix that up this offseason. It's honestly gotten worse. And, you know, the accuracy has tumbled. He has the third worst rate of quarterback fault and completions in the power five when throwing beyond the line of scrimmage. A poor 55.3 PFF grade through three games. I mean, he's missing wide open receivers. And he's done in each game, not just against Georgia, um, you know, not just against Georgia Tech, even against South Carolina State in week two. I mean, he was producing at a bottom level. And then you throw in the fact, um, you know, the receiving unit. They have the highest rate of targets being a tighter closing window in the power five, the offensive line. They're producing with a sub 60 pass block rate right now. I mean, it just really has not been an offense up to Clemson standards. And I think that's a big concern comparing right. them to an NC State offense that has some explosive potential. Devin Leary leaves the uh, power five in big time throw rate over the last couple of years when on the field, um, you know, PFF grade above 80.0. That backfield, a little inconsistent there. But with Zonovan Knight and Ricky Person, with one of the top run-blocking units in college football, led by Iki Aquanu. Um, you know, I think there's big play potential there, despite this being, you know, still a pretty relatively stout Clemson defense. Um, and, and so I do think that NC State has a real chance to win. You know, they're 10-point dogs right now. I would definitely take 10 points right there. Um, but I, I do think I, I'm, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of uh, cheddar on the money line. I, I'm definitely going to go heavier oh on the Wolfpack plus 10, but... I would not be surprised if NC State really pulled out, you know, the victory, given what we saw last week, you know, Clemson barely winning against a bad Georgia Tech team. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week three game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with the Daily Fantasy Contest. 
DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, min $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. NFL Week 1 is in the books, which means PFF has data and grades for every single player who logged a snap last week. What can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our grade-powered projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. Zero to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team. Player prop tools, which shows plus-minus value for every NFL prop, and so much more. Check out the highest-graded players from Week 1 and looks to find early value on spread picks and player props for Week 2. Right, yeah, I mean, that is... That's a take, right? But that is not necessarily the direction that the market has moved. It did open nine and a half. People seem to be buying into uh, Clemson a little bit, pushing it up to 10. I like it, though. I mean, I think 75% of the cash is on North Carolina State, 60% of the tickets. So we are seeing a little bit of the public side being North Carolina State to potentially cover. Um, and I don't mind them as a long shot, but just a little bit of a sprinkle. I can definitely get on board with that trash. I don't mind it at all. What are your thoughts on over 47.5? I know you talked a little bit about uh, the Clemson defense. We have them obviously number one overall in the ACC. Do you think they're going to allow or North Carolina State is going to be capable of scoring enough points to go over uh, what is a relatively low, modest total at this point? Yeah, I definitely think it's possible um, just because if if Clemson's offense does figure it out, um, I, I do think it's possible, especially with everything I said with NC State's offense. Like I said, you know, big play explosive potential, um, both passing and rushing. So I do think this is a, you know, a, a friendly total there. Um, I, I know Eric Eager, he's a big fan of the over here. PFF Greenline recognizes the over. Um, so if I did have to play the total, I would definitely be leaning over on this one. All right, there we go. There it is. That's what we need, a little bit of action. So we got basically three bets from Tresh on this Clemson-North Carolina State game. It's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. But now we got to move in, Tresh. We got to we find we got to find some winners here on Saturday. I think I got another one as well. I did like Marshall early in the week. Uh, I think some people consider I got a little bit of run good with Marshall covering. I like to think of the fact that they were trying to allow Appalachian State to score that touchdown. He did end up getting down. So I think it wasn't as bad as what people are making it out to be. But that was kind of one of my favorite bets. I do have one more. But first, I want to get a few of yours on this slate so that we can you know find some winners for the list here on week four yeah i mean along with nc state plus 10 notre dame plus six and a half um the ones that really scream out to me um, as far as the spread goes north carolina um minus 12 and a half at georgia tech i think they hit that i think they hit that comfortably i mean this north carolina offense over the last couple of weeks has looked like the offense we were all expecting to see right away week one against virginia tech right. when they really struggled um and ended up in an upset loss i mean the most encouraging thing sam Howell producing at a near elite level. It's been the second most efficient passing offense in Power 5 over the last couple of weeks. And he has a playmaker emerging with Josh Down, PFF Offensive Player of the Week last week. So I like that one. Um, I also love the over in the Miami Army game, uh, Miami of Ohio, that is, going and traveling against yeah. Army. Um, you know, Army didn't let me down a couple of weeks ago, not over against Western Kentucky. I don't think they let me down. Just a 48.5 point total. Um, you know, Army been the most efficient offense in college football, averaging 44 points per game. Miami of Ohio... Bottom tier defense, even worse than some of the defense they faced early in the year. Army, that is. Um, so I think that's a good one, too. And also, 
Last but not least, Kent State at Maryland. I'm going under 70 there. I love Maryland's offense. Absolutely love uh, Talia Tagovailoa, what they have cooking there. Um, at Kent State's offense, I don't, I'm don't. i a little less bullish on them than I was earlier in the season after seeing what they did against Texas A&M and Iowa, only combining for 17 points in those two games. Now, Maryland's not you know, an Iowa or Texas A&M, Texas A&M level of defense, but they're still an above-average defense in the Power Five. I just can't see Kent State really kind of putting in a shootout here against a Maryland team that's favored by over two scores. Yeah, definitely. I think that one is going to be uh, sweaty, to say the least, at that point in time. Those high total games, I know going on under generally the direction that you should lean, generally the direction that the models technically lean, uh, but they uh, they do come. I mean, it's like sweating out a UCF under or something like that. I've done that a few times in my life. It has taken a couple of years off my life uh, sweating those out, so I don't know if I'm going to be back in that one, but I do love I do love the Army over. It is a spot that you know PFF Greenline is typically on the over for Army, just given the fact that the market kind of plays against them with how much they are how often they actually run, but they have been really efficient, both from a rushing and passing perspective. Like Anthony said, I do think they're going to go over that total here pretty easily. So that's maybe one of my favorite bets, I think, on the weekend. I think my favorite bet, though, is LSU minus two and a half. I just really don't buy into Mississippi State uh, as being all that legit. I do think that uh, they get a little bit of bump in the betting market just based on this you know, idea that Mike Leach is some sort of offensive guru or something like that. But I think LSU should be favored by at least three and a half points on the road here um, and I do think that they're probably going to take take control early uh, and probably establish dominance over this Mississippi State Bulldogs team so I definitely like LSU to cover minus two and a half I think that's probably my lock of the week but we got a few winners here Trash. I feel really good about where we're at uh, coming up in here in week four make sure you check out all of Anthony's content on college football uh, he also does the live show every Saturday make sure you check that out as well before you get ready uh, for the college football slate coming up here on Saturday like you said earlier a lot of information that we're going to be learning about some of these teams we're going to know heading out of week four so make sure you check out all the great content on pff.com get a leg up on the betting markets make sure you lock in those bets with pff Greenline. from Ben Brown joined by Anthony Tresh we appreciate you guys listening to the pff betting podcast